In the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful. Assalamu alaikum. This is The Conviction Project, a podcast where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. My name is Marij Rana. And I am Farhan Iqbal. Muhammadur Rasulullah, 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 Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Rabbi, salli ala nabiyika daiman li hadhi dunya wa basin So it's been quite some time since I haven't had a conversation with my great friend Farhan Iqbal. So, um, Farhan, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. And you know, we while we've been apart, you know, they say uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> um, we begin to st- we be- began to start thinking about a lot of different things. And I think um, we in in an earlier conversation that I've been having with other people, we've been talking a lot about uh, atheism, and specifically about Muslims who leave. Um, Muslims who, who who no longer interested in Islam no longer want to be uh, Muslim, and I think we're we are probably going to dedicate a bit of time on talking about um, ex-Muslims and ex-Ahmadis because this is the group that you know has had a lot of doubts about Islam, and the, their doubts took them to a place where they're able to say with some sort of assurance or some sort of conviction that, you know, Islam is not the right religion, or maybe it's not the right religion for them. I, to a certain extent, can really appreciate a lot of arguments that ex-Muslims present, specifically when uh, it's uh, about themselves personally. You know, if they have some personal issue, then I, I feel really sad that that personal issue has happened to them. When people say, well, you know, this is an overall issue, and this is an issue that everybody should be having. That's when I'm a bit more interested and a bit more curious about, okay, well, what's really going on here? And can we have more dialogue about this? So I think, you know, um, Farhan, you've been having some interesting ideas and conversations with ex-Muslims and ex-Ahmadis. And I think you've come across something that was, which I thought was really exciting that I thought, you know, well, why don't we just explore that a bit more further? Yeah, actually, you know, uh, while you were away, I I got so many different uh, ideas for our podcast, <laughs> and uh, I was able to uh, really do a lot of research. Um, I even have actually some some young people; they have sent us some uh, audio questions, um, and in future episodes, we we will be playing some of them, and they have some really interesting, intriguing questions. Um, and I, I do get the feeling that atheism is on their minds. Uh, and as you have mentioned, some of them have become atheists, uh, at least on their online profiles. They might not have uh, felt the courage to do it in their own personal lives, but they are, they are out there and they, they are talking about it. Um, if, if For those of you who know me and my online presence, the interactions are, are really obvious. Uh, all of them are there. Um, so there, th- 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 you're right that there are some personal things that are involved in there. Um, and then there are the uh, academic or intellectual things as well. And they sort of uh, overlap. 
and then they this and they come out and they they, they make the decision. Um, for for today, I, I came across a really interesting idea, uh, which I was not familiar with, and I was actually thinking that this uh, is something which is like a like a like a theology of uh, atheism. Uh, it, believe it or not, atheism is becoming like a theology. I don't know whether you would agree with that, um, in the sense that. There's terminologies and there are definitions, just like how we have in religion terminologies. And, you know, I mean, when you say son of God for a Jewish person, that has a different meaning for a Christian person that may have a different meaning. Uh, these are terminologies, religious terminologies. One terminology, uh, which I saw uh, from an atheist, is called the impossible game. It's like a critique, basically, of, of, of religion. And the idea is that uh, basically what it says is that our lives are really short and there are too many religions. There are too, way too many religions. There are too many ideas out there. Uh, so the atheist would say that my atheism uh, is due to me not being able to play an impossible game. It's impossible for me to explore all the religions that are out there mm -hmm. during one lifetime. Right. And that's why I, I, I that's why I'm an atheist because I, I don't accept this. Mm -hmm. Why didn't God uh, just reveal Himself in a way in in one single way? And mm -hmm. I can follow that. Yeah, right. that, that's what that's what it is. And, and I think what we're just talking about right now is that this stems from this idea that you know there's multiple truths, and uh, you know truth comes from whatever you perceive it to be. And there's no real way of ascertaining what the actual fundamental truth is because, well, I can look at something, you can look at something, a thousand people can look at something, and we'll all leave with different interpretations of whatever that thing is. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I've come across in a book uh, uh, where they were talking about postmodernism, mm -hmm. and they were saying that. Some postmodernists, I don't think every one of them thinks in the same way, but some postmodernists would say that uh, we reject all worldviews. I think postmodernism is something that started in the 1970s yeah. in France. Uh, yeah, it, it was by well, it started in France, and then there was this French uh, person. I think his name starts with a D, Deirdre, uh, and he brought it to. Um, America and then like you know it kind of blew up from there and Michel Foucault and there's all these other people who consider themselves uh, the pioneers of postmodernism. yeah right and 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 so some of them say that oh there are too many worldviews and I don't accept any of them I, I'm open-minded I will see for myself I'll have my own worldview I don't need a religion or anyone else to to, to, to give me a worldview right um, I think that's similar to what the impossible game critique is mm. for religion that there are too many religions too many moral concepts too many concepts of god i'm just going to find my own way i'm just going to do, do my own analysis and my own understanding and so i reject all of them right um yeah i think that's that's what it yeah is, uh, and and, and, and postmodernism is a response to what's known as modernism which is the search for a singular truth and from that you know they said well you know there can't be a singular truth because everybody has their own version of what that singular truth is. So there's multiple truths and there's no way to really determine what truth is really because everybody has their own truth. So nobody knows what it is. So better to just reject everything. Right. So, so initially my, my first problem with this 
with this argument is that so religion is basically a way of life. So um, if, if atheism is rejecting all faiths and all religions and all ways of life uh, based on the notion that it is impossible for me to try all, out all of them, uh, then they should not try their own way of life as well. Because if you want to be if you want to be fair and honest and say I reject all forms of all ways of life or all religions, then you sh you should reject your own ideology as well. I mean, what you're pr proposing is an ideology, right. and not just that. I mean, um, not just that. They're 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 actively some of them are actively publishing books, writing online blogs, want more people to to follow them or or, or be impressed by their ideas. Um, so if you're really doing that, then you're actually propagating an ideology. And right. if you're propagating an ideology, that goes against your own rule, which says that I don't want to follow anything. Right. They're, they're, so, right. Yeah. And, yeah and, I mean, there's a, there's a, and, there's an internal incoherence. There is in there. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I was reading this one other thing as well, which actually two things come to my mind. The first thing that comes to my mind is that this idea that um, even in atheism, you know, they say that we reject any sort of authority. So they, they have a huge issue with uh, prophets or uh, spiritual figures, you know, like Jesus, the Holy Prophet, Muhammad, Moses, or any other um, f person. Uh, they, they have an issue with people um, reiterating the same messages that a person has um, reiterated. But it's interesting because often when you talk to um, atheists or new atheists or ex-Muslims, they also have their own sort of prophets, so to speak, people who they look up to, people who whose ideas that they will spread or people who they reference. You know, often I talk to atheists and they'll say, well, you know, well, Sam, this, is, this is relevant to Sam Harris's idea of such and such and such. Or they'll say, this is this is reminds me of Richard Dawkins idea or such and such. And, it, you know, it keeps it, it's the same pattern. You know, when you talk to a person who's, who's quite say he's quite Muslim, he, he will give quotations of the Holy Prophet. The you know, Holy Prophet said this, Holy Prophet said that. You talk to an atheist and they'll say, well, Sam Harris said this. I liked when Richard Dawkins said that. And, you know, Christopher Hitchens said this. And, you know, th right. there is that role model piece still comes in, which is also very interesting. And I think Muslims have started to get their own role models and figures as well. You know, uh, recently I was I was uh, talking, uh, like not talking, but um, online communication with with a lady who had, who was formerly a Muslim, mm -hmm. and she was complaining that uh, the uh, the the hijab is is uh, is a patriarchal uh, form of uh, you know mm -hmm. dress, and right. there's problem, and she ob objected to that. I, I was like, I, I understand where you're coming from, but uh, give me an alternative. So the alternative right now is that the fashion industry is 90% controlled by men, all right? 80%, okay, let's, let's reduce that number. 80% uh, at least is controlled by men. The, 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 the people who make the decisions, the decision makers in the fashion industry are, are men. I mean, yeah, there are a lot of women who are working in, 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 uh, in different jobs related to the fashion industry, but it's, it's controlled uh, essentially by men. There are very few CEOs, female CEOs of fashion companies. Right. So, I mean, 
I mean, isn't that patriarchal as well? So it's just, you know, it's just a question. It's just right. a ge- genuine question that that we, we have to be fair in our in our in our argumentation. So same thing applies in what you just said. Right. Yeah. So yeah, then this brings me to the second point, which I think is really interesting. I want to know your take on this is that there's this idea that, you know, we are um, we are in 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 a in a kind of bubble where we are um, epistemologically and uh, they call it uh, epistemological nihilism that you we actually have no idea about anything you know so f- where our knowledge comes from we no idea where it is no idea what truth is no idea what is actually the real thing and we can just make guesses and we can just make um you know inferences of what the truth is but in reality if we're really really honest with ourselves we have no clue what's going on and right. I, I i actually found that kind of interesting because i it made me think like oh like maybe you know there there is an idea that that's that's a good idea that actually nobody has any clue what is going on and i, I i'm just curious about your take on this I think that's uh, that's again the atheist way of uh, of running away from all the evidence, and um, just as it's done with the impossible game critique, I think it, it, I, I used to pronounce that word as nihilism, but I think it's nihilism. Right? I'm that, not sure. I think it's yeah. like nihilism. I don't right. know. Right. Yeah. Um, um, it's 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 actually when you read into it, I as far as I've I'm I'm not researched it a lot, but um, when you read into it, it's it's a mockery of religion. It's the whole idea that, oh, yeah, some guy just decided to come up with a story and that story became popular. And, uh, you know, even he had no idea what he was talking about. And, and the people who believed it also had no idea what they're talking about. I think it's, it's, it's a mockery of religion and it's just a way of running away from the evidence that religion fundamentally provides. Um, and, uh, you know, this will get into a five hour podcast if we try, start going into the, the evidence that religion provides. Right. But let me give you a hint. Okay. Let me give you a hint. When, when it comes to the same the impossible game critique, mm-hmm. uh, when they say, oh, there are too many religions. Well, hold on. I mean, as, as an atheist, you can't say there are too many religions. I don't want to try any of them. Uh, you know, because for you, that is not the, that, that is not the question. For an atheist, that is not the question. But for a theist, for, for people who believe in God, that is a question. Oh, there are a lot of religions. Which one is right? But for an atheist, it's actually just a very simple question, which is, does God exist or not? That's the question they start with. Once they have determined that question, then they go into the, the other details. And when it comes to this question, and you look at the evidence, uh, and which, which comes into your other question as well, when you look into the evidence, uh, religions are mostly saying the same thing. They will make the same similar arguments uh, about who God is, how do we know he's out there, and what are the means to get to him. Religions are quite similar in their, they, they will show us some, uh, their prof- prophetic figures. They will talk about their prophetic figures. They will talk about the signs that God gave them. When you look at the signs, they're very similar. In fact, it's very fascinating, you know, uh, a very good place to start is, again, it's my place of interest as well, which is the Bible. And you look at the prophets in the Bible. I mean, I mean, nowadays I'm, I'm, I'm reading Isaiah, for instance. Isaiah is talking about certain things. He's making prophecies about the doom of Judah. And, and, and you know, and you look at other prophets, they're making these prophecies and some are good prophecies, some are 
you know, good in the sense that they are positive, glad tidings, and some of them are, are, are prophecies of doom and destruction. If you look at all this, you know, at the end of the day, the evidence in these religions is very similar for the existence of God. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So when I when I hear impossible game, I actually think back to another kind of doubt. And I don't know if this should be a whole other episode or maybe we can touch on it today. Is that sometimes when I think about religion, Islam, Ahmadiyya, I just think that the criteria is impossible to reach. Like it is way too difficult to be a a good Muslim. It's way too. It, it's just difficult. It's way too difficult to carry out all the commandments that are in the Quran. It's impossible. So rather than trying to, you know, be a good Muslim, hundred percent, everybody is kind of everybody's kind of a good seventy percent Muslim. You know, and, and that's that's how I've kind of interpreted a little bit so in that way isn't it impossible to become a hundred percent good muslim you know uh, on a lighter note if you look into the uh, so the uh, the jewish faith has uh, has mitzvot commandments uh there are 600 of them and i think in the quran there are 700 commandments right but if you look at the if you look at the mitzvot um, some of them are really hard to follow. Uh, so if you look at uh, Orthodox Judaism, these are people who, are, who take all the commandments very seriously and uh, they don't go into interpretations. Even, um, for instance, uh, milk and meat, they can't have milk and meat at the same time. Right. So they won't have meat products and they won't consume meat and then have ice cream, mm-hmm. which is a dairy product, mm-hmm. Right. Um, and there has to be a six-hour gap in between. Right. On top of that, they 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 uh, they have to use different utensils for meat products and dairy products. Mm-hmm. And and those who are really conservative and orthodox uh, Jews, they would have different cabinets for different uh, utensils. Mm-hmm. I mean, they wouldn't mix them at all. It, it would be very well known and understood that this. So so. It could, the question is that doesn't it become impossible to follow all of this? In Islam the particularly. Ans- yes, in Islam particularly. Mm-hmm. The answer that has been given by prophets and saints and the promised Messiah, Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, peace be upon him, is that no, this is, uh, uh, this is a satanic uh, thought to think that, oh, I cannot uh, become uh, that Muslim which the Quran commands me to become. In fact, the promised Messiah has said that it will take just seven days for you to become completely pure if in those seven days you are following all the commandments contained in the Holy Quran. But, so, but, but does it, I mean, okay, I understand. Yeah. So, so let me yeah. let me make my point yeah. here. So, uh, yes, you need the help of God. You need the fuzzle. You need the blessings of God to reach a stage where you're a saintly person. And not everyone is going to get that in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. But at least we try towards that goal Mm -hmm. and we make that effort. And God then returns that in the next life through rewarding us and getting rid of our weaknesses. That's the the whole point. So, so, you know, know, if I were to honestly, like if I were to look at it from an ex-Muslim lens, I would say, well, I don't know a single person that meets all 700 
commandments of the Quran. So if I look around me and I say, hey, look, everybody, nobody can do this in this thing like religion of Islam. Why, why would I want to pass that down? Why would I want to follow it if every single person that I know can, can't even get to that stage? You know, everybody is just after this thing that, yeah, it sounds great, but it's actually it's impossible. Yeah, again, that that becomes like an excuse. I mean, um, first, the impossible game we were talking about is the uh, is the oh, it's impossible to, to discover or learn anything about any religion. Mm-hmm. And then now we're talking about okay, I am following one religion, but it's impossible to get to the the top highest stage, yeah. right? To the top, yeah. right? Um, um, so you know, in the in 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 the uh, in the hadith, it is uh, stated that God says that if my servant draws close to me by the span of a palm, I draw close to him by the cubit, mm-hmm. right? So it is, there's a, there's a, there's a, so, and, and he says, if he run, if he walks towards me, I run towards him. And then the Quran says, uh, those who strive in the path of God, God will reward them. God will guide them. God will provide for them. And, you know, to make excuses, oh, it's impossible. Well, what about in worldly things? I mean, we do so much effort to get status or power or wealth and all those things. And how many of us actually become part of that 1% that we would love to become part of? And 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 yet we try and, and, and we make the effort. It, it, it would be a very... Uh, you know, a uh, hopeless way of just abandoning everything because you you just can't get to the top. I mean, is that really, why can't you at least start? Why can't you make some progress? But, right? right. So I, I, I agree with you that it's a good comparison that, you know, in worldly things, you know, like, for example, knowledge. There's no possible way you can have all knowledge in the world. But, you know, we, we do try to get as much knowledge as we can. I think the difference for me still, and I think a difference for from what I've read about ex-Muslims and ex-Ahmadis, is that they will say, this is a divinely guided path. Worldly path, things about knowledge and, you know, discovery, they're worldly things. Why would God make something that he knows that nobody is going to be able to do 100%? So that's where we are disagreeing right. because we, I am disagreeing with that statement. Okay. So I wouldn't say that God has created something that is impossible to reach. I mean, we have the example of the prophets. We have the example of the saints. We have the example of the promised Messiah, Mr. Ghulam Ahmed. And I invite uh, our listeners to go and, uh, and see uh, our Khalifa. He's in London. He's accessible. Um, and uh, we believe that he has reached that status where he has a connection with God. And we believe that there are many others in our community who have reached that status where they have a communion with God. So I, right? I, I, I agree, so, I agree so with the connection I, I understand part. that I understand that we look around and we see a lot of sin. I understand because uh, what happens is that sin is something that is so abhorrent and so prominent. You know, it's like a, it's like a black dot and a white piece of cloth. Mm-hmm. And so prominent. And we say, oh, sin is everywhere. Mm-hmm. So sin is not everywhere. People, for the most part, are really, really good people. Uh, a person who lies does it once a day, but he talks all day and it's, it's, it's all the truth. It's just that one lie in that day. Um, so because sin is so prominent, we tend to see uh, that everyone is sinning. No, it's, 
that's not the, actually it's the, it's the, the opposite, which is true. Hmm. Okay. Well, you know, I think this is stuff that we can think about more and we can keep talking about till the, I think the, the saying is till the cows come home. So I think, you know, my cow has certainly come home. So, uh, you know, I think this is worthy of further discussion. And this is worthy of discussion with perhaps individuals, you know, who have also, you know, been down this same path and have actually made the decision to to leave Islam, leave Ahmadiyyat. And I think that part of that dialogue is, is very important to have um, for our own, you know, source of knowledge and, you know, for everyone else's source of knowledge. So I think, you know, that's something that perhaps we can look into. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up, Ron? Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, religion should be given a chance. I think uh, religion should be viewed in a positive light, um, and and religions in general. When we say that, oh, there's so many religions, Islam says they're all from God. Islam says, had for every nation was a guide, and we believe that all the religions are ultimately coming from the same God, uh, and and the differences come in because the people were needed different things at different times. They needed different teachings at different times. And our belief is that Islam is a final universal religion. So, you know, we find that, you know, it all comes together in, in the religion of Islam. And so give it a chance. And one final point I wanted to make is that when, when, we, when we have the impossible game critique, uh, we think of, oh, there's so many religions. Well, give the two most popular ones a chance, right? The, the four billion people follow Christianity or Islam. So give them a chance. These are known as Abrahamic faiths. <coughs> Excuse me, Abrahamic faiths because they're coming. Uh, they are they are linked with uh, the prophet Abraham. So give them a chance and see where it takes you. <coughs> All right. Well, you know, um, give religion a chance. You know, that reminds me of a very famous saying: uh, "Give love a chance." So, uh, you know, I think this is worthy of further discussion. And you know, if you have more doubts, feel free to reach out to us at theconvictionproject@gmail.com or visit our website at www.theconvictionproject.com. Uh, where you can find all of our past episodes and also leave your doubts if you have any. Once again, this is The Conviction Project, where we leave you with no doubts about Islam. Salli ala nabina, 